Good morning, uh, this is Paul Waite and welcome to our second in the series of Rowan's SME podcast. I'm joined today by our latest recruit, Mark Fay, who spent 12 years with the London Stock Exchange and joins us to specialise in working with privately owned SMEs and private equity backed SMEs to help them when building out boards and leadership teams. Welcome, Mark. Thank you. Good to be here. So today I thought we'd just talk a little bit around the combination of your previous experience uh, within the world of uh, IPO uh, and then touch on how that, uh, you know, I suppose, brings insight um, and potential opportunity for success uh, with our current customer base in the SME, which in the current market, um, I think probably interesting IPO is at an all-time high, particularly here in the Northwest with a, a number of success stories, not least being the recent uh, listing of the Hut Group uh, on AIM. Um, so let's just kick off with a bit about you. Um, how are you qualified, first of all, to talk about the IPO market? Yeah, thanks, Paul. So uh, I began my career uh, as a fund manager, so running a, a UK pension fund, investing into uh, the stock market, into IPOs. So I spent some time, a number of years doing that. And then following that, I joined uh, London Stock Exchange. Uh, and I was there for actually 14 years uh, when I last counted, uh, having left there in 2018. And during my time there, I basically was helping hundreds of companies go through the process of IPO both onto AIM uh, and the main market. And then just lastly, before before joining um, the team at Rowan, I've been supporting a business as they specifically go down the IPO, IPO track, uh, and they are hopefully going to land on AIM uh, later this year, potentially Q3, Q4. So, uh, so hopefully that gives me uh, enough background and knowledge to kind of talk about this, uh, this area knowledgeably. Sounds like it. And uh, I mentioned at the start of this, the IPO activity, uh, feeling like it's an all-time high, but uh, you tell me, what, what's your sense of the market at the moment and what's behind it all? Yeah, so I think, um, well, I, I, Q1 this year was perhaps the busiest, well, was the busiest IPO uh, market for fundraise since 2006. So yeah, this year is particularly strong. Um, clearly coming out of, um, or towards the end, hopefully, of the pandemic, uh, we're seeing uh, a very strong market and a very strong appetite for IPOs. Um, what's driving that, I think, is an interesting question. And I, I'll, I'll mention a few things I can see um, that I think are, are playing a big part in driving the IPO market currently. Uh, clearly, one is is tech, so technology enablement, tech acceleration. That's a huge part of what we're seeing on the market at the moment. Uh, and you're seeing that through uh, both uh, tech businesses who are who are growing really quickly across places like software and hardware but also those kind of in an online e-commerce who are driven in part by tech uh, as a business um, you've seen a lot of businesses who've gone through the pandemic successfully so they've actually traded uh, very well through that period of time and that give, gives investors, investors real confidence in the resilience of that business as they move forward um, I think clearly one of the biggest trends we're seeing, not just within the markets, but more generally is ESG. And we've already seen a, a number of IPOs come through with that as a strong theme uh, throughout their business. And that will continue uh, moving forward. I think most companies now coming to market for an IPO are looking at their ESG credentials as part of that process. And the final thing I would just say that we've, we're seeing, I think, is those companies who are very well placed um, post-COVID to drive growth forward i think there's definitely a sense of those companies who've come through this and now can see a clear pathway to growth whether that be through 
organic growth, M&A, internationalization. So that's definitely been a part of, of what's driven that. Um, and then alongside that, just to kind of caveat that or to kind of look at the counterbalance to that, you're also seeing lots of investors with cash to spend looking for investment opportunities, which again is helping to drive the IPO market. Yeah, and just give me a little bit more context about it. So if, if, if we talk 18 months ago, um, as you'll know from having now spent uh, three or four months with us, we do a lot of work in supporting private businesses uh, in terms of realizing value. Um, 90, 95% of them would typically have been a trade sale or a P journey. Okay. Um, this year, um, IPO probably is in every conversation. So why has that changed? Why has suddenly it become such more of a conversation of actually, guys, there's three routes now, not just two routes, and, and the IPO is much more prevalent uh, in terms of the uh, uh, the potential um, exit route? Yeah, I think there's a number of factors to that, actually. I think clearly one is valuation. So attracting a, a, a good valuation as part of a process is, is, is important, and therefore, with the markets being at um, uh, almost record highs, I think that's helping... Um, engender that and making that happen so that's obviously part of that conversation I think the other thing that's been interesting is seeing some of the success stories come through um, I mean you, you've already referenced the hut uh, we had the biggest ever aim IPO this this last week Victorian plumbing uh, came to market so um, so that's been a real kind of a, a benchmark for people to see and and, and look at um, and I think beyond that it's also some of the changes that are we're starting to see from a regulatory perspective so um, uh, the hot um, Deliveroo have, have, have looked at dual class share structures. So where there are founder-led businesses particularly, uh, we're definitely seeing a sense of the markets now being more of an option for them where they can use these dual class share structures to retain more control over time. And it's interesting to see that um, that TransferWise or Wise, as they're going to be known, have announced their IPO this morning, which again has a dual share structure within that. So I think from a founder-led perspective, particularly some of these changes will be very interesting uh, moving forward. But more generally, I think it's the appetite from investors has been very strong and we've seen success through the pandemic, which has driven some uh, some very good performance from businesses. Yeah, quite interesting. You mentioned Victoria Plumbing. Uh, again, we were fortunate enough to help both Altium uh, and, the, and uh, Mark, the owner and founder, in terms of appointing the CFO for that. So, um, yeah, that's a real another success story, another tick in the cap uh, for uh, the Northwest market. Um, do you think uh, this pipeline of IPO activity is going to continue? Good question, actually. So uh, very strong Q1, very strong Q2, and the pipeline for Q3 and Q4 it looks equally strong. Uh, my view is yes. I think there are some particular drivers around economic recovery here, uh, investor appetite. Um, the one thing I might, I would say, which might be cause um, some more selectivity later in the year is, is simply just fatigue from the investor side. There's been so many IPOs coming through. So they may become a bit more selective as the year goes on uh, around what they look to, to to invest into. But frankly, the pipeline we can see, I can see, uh, goes out well into 2022 and beyond. And as I've already referenced, some of the changes around the regulatory side where We'll hopefully see some more founder-led businesses think the markets are the right option, given the, the ability to retain control through some of the dual-class share structures. And also, there's a review going around uh, things like SPACs, which, again, may provide a different um, 
route to market. Uh, and the other thing I would just add there on a, from a kind of a, a technical perspective is you're seeing what the market's now calling direct listings. So companies who are going to market without particularly raising any money, um, which isn't really a new phenomenon, although calling it a direct listing is. They've been around for a long time as, as an introduction. But I think that might also inspire more companies just to come to market to have liquidity, to have credibility, and to have a, a platform to kind of uh, build out a valuation for the business. Okay. And in terms of um, you know, considerations when uh, when thinking about IPO, um, what things do you think, when you're making the choice and you're an owner thinking, which route do I take? What things do you think you need to consider uh, when thinking about IPO as the potential uh, route? Well, clearly the first one's capital access. So raising money both at the IPO and subsequently. Uh, and one of the things that AIM particularly does, it's a very powerful tool in terms of uh, that continual permanent access to finance. Uh, you can raise follow-on funding uh, very quickly on, on AIM as a market, uh, but more generally access to finance. And that, and that could be partly for exit for uh, existing shareholders, perhaps financial sponsors. It could be exits at least partially for founders, which we now see uh, much more of, uh, giving them reward for success over time. Or it could simply be to access growth capital to continue on the journey, which we've seen a lot of over the years um, from an aim perspective. The second thing I think is interesting around around why why you might think about an IPO is, as, as we know as a business, we're, we're working with lots of really great businesses on a growth journey. And the thing that a lot of them talk to us about is, I can't find my people. How do I find the right people? How do I retain my people? And one of the beauties of being on a public market is you then have a, a currency to kind of use to help both attract and retain those people through things like um, share options. So that's quite powerful to kind of get that engagement and build that kind of um, collaboration, that kind of focus on the future um, together. And then, of course, having share a share share price having shares as a currency that also can help with things like M&A when you're working through uh, growing the business over time. The final thing I just add to that is, uh, is, is the public markets give a company an increased level of credibility profile because they're able to um, kind of demonstrate governance, transparency, financial strength, then working with customers, suppliers, it gives them great confidence the business is going to be here for the long term. So that's a big part of that. And particularly when you're dealing with, say, for example, the public sector, it's a huge tick in the box around procurement uh, for those sorts of businesses. So that, that's some of the kind of key, key reasons that um, I've seen and we see uh, for companies considering this as an option. That's interesting. So the three things you just cited there are the three reasons that uh, um, you know, three of our customers are currently going through the IPO journey. And we're supporting them in building out the teams. So, uh, <laughs> um, so and on that too, how important is it um, in terms of making sure that you build a team out ahead of the IPO? So what things do people need to consider when it comes to your leadership team if you're going to do the IPO? Yeah, I think it's really important preparation is key in these and that includes the, the people part of that and I think people look at the governance piece straight away and think we need to have a chairman and two non-executive directors as part of this process and and, and in a way that's right you do need to have that and, 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 and doing that early is better purely because they're going to sit around the boardroom table with you through this process so do you do you know them do you trust them can you build that relationship that rapport have they got the skills you need have you done that work to find that out um, that's part of this process. But the, 
much more beyond that. It's looking at the executive team as well and are they are they ready for this journey? And by that I mean two things. So one is, uh, as we're seeing, for example, um, the need for CFOs uh, for for AIM IPOs, um, and that's really important as part of that kind of. So the investors can see the quality of the team uh, over time, um, and therefore invest with some confidence. But I think. Beyond that, one thing that I think companies underestimate quite a lot is the amount of time it will take the CEO and the CFO out of the business to run this process to deliver the IPO. And so beneath them, within the teams, will the business still run as it's expected to? Or do you need to build out other parts of the team to help with that? So for example, it may be that the CFO currently does quite a lot of the ops side of the business. So is there a COO in that business who can kind of take up the slack there. The CEO can often be partly the sales driver of the business. So is there a commercial director, a sales director who's part of that business who can then help drive that business forward as well? So I think that bit of it is worth thinking about quite early on because finding the right people to fill those gaps, if you like, or to, to, to manage that process is really important. So again, I know we, we do that um, as a business, but more generally, I think that's true um, that's, that's a truism for any IPO, frankly. Then alongside that, the other side of this obviously is is, is understanding what this means for the business. And, and again, I've, I've sat since I've joined Rowan, I've sat down with a lot of companies to talk about what the IPO will mean for the business, how it will change the business and things they should think about in terms of getting ready for this process. So yeah, preparation is key. And, and some of the, the key things are to prepare early in, with people, process, and think about the internal, those the external factors uh, at play here. Well, it's been great insight and great to talk to you today about that, uh, you know, the wonderful world of the IPO. Um, you know, as you are aware, Rowan here to support SMEs when it comes to scaling businesses up. We're the people-powered element of the growth journey, um, but also with having people like Mark on board able to share insight on funding and the options and options that are out there for, uh, for owners. So if you do have any questions on the topic we talked about today or any questions at all in terms of growing your SME, then do get in touch with our myself or Mark or any of the wider team here at Rowan. And thanks very much for tuning in.